we are back after another hiatus and in hiatus wouldn't be the wrong word to say because like we we were out of business for quite a few months now but yeah we didn't want to particularly capitalize during the second wave and your free times that there wasn't the best situation or i would say it was a poor situation that we would have seen it was a nightmare we lost a few people out there but yeah I, and i'm i'm it's you know it's weird to say time and again that we lost people but yeah that's that's the reality and it hurts but yeah i hope you and everyone around you your friends your family are safe and you're done with the vaccination or are we awaiting your second dose dates for just get done with it man i know you know it's sort of weird and they have been theories and everything and it's very weird but i would say that you know being educated people and being the privilege that we have it's it's just a threat to our lives and people around us so just get done with that and we are very fortunate to you know afford vaccines honestly there there's so much going on in the world and that's a rant for a totally different day and I don't want to languish more here but yeah so the second season is a very interesting season for us we have our most awaited guest uba butler this episode is interestingly very uh, sort of an year old which we recorded sometime last year in september and he's its internet's most notorious prankster i would say a uh, courageous or notorious enough i don't know which, what would be the right word for him to prank even news channels that that you know wanted to appreciate him and bring him in front of people and appreciate the sort of work that he was doing but you know that's just uba butler for you so he's been associated with vice for a really long time now you must have seen him on the internet when his videos with the shed and even you know with like you know the one that he did uh, at like fashion week donning the now peculiarly famous georgia piviani there uh, you know, very very interesting guy i would say kind enough to give us his time and we try to look at things from a very journalistic point of view and even trying you know as also as a prankster of how this system of user reviews brand making the sort of you know how humans have become gullible to this and this is also you know the very crux of a hyper society i would say so how, how do these things fall in place how a man can break the system and what what the repercussions of it are and what does it tells us about how we perceive things so very interesting episode lined up today the questions are you know somewhat not so interesting but the answers are definitely worth every every second that you spend on your podcast player so tuning in right away see you on the other side times uh uber butler uh i've kind of um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to start. I I make kind of weird things. Um when I was yeah, I kind of grew up, grew up as the youngest of a big family like, you know, there was like I've got five brothers and sisters and we kind of grew up in a uh, an area a weird little village called Feckenham, but it's kind of like it's like middle of England, like middle of nowhere. And uh yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> it's really hard to like find a way in, but like I just always was kind of doing strange things growing up and uh, we you know humor was really important around our house and um we kind of grew up in like 
a posh area, like a rich area, but we were like a working class family. And we had, uh, so we also had to be around posh people, but, um, but we, you know, had to act like we were, what we were there, but we weren't, you know, we didn't, didn't belong or whatever. And then, um, yeah, I guess I was in a, I was, I went to school. I, I kind of dropped out. I didn't go to university. I was the, I'm the youngest. So, uh, I kind of just went into being in a band, which is ridiculous. And, um, yeah, from there I, uh, yeah, I was I was in a band and sort of was went okay for a few years. Uh, it was fine. Uh, yeah, we released one album that was quite fun and like yeah, good. But after that, kind of fed up, fed up a little bit of the music industry, and then slowly transitioned into doing writing and like wanting to realizing that I liked writing and um, like yeah, I don't know. I just. Um, yeah, I don't know how it happened. I, I started writing for free for lots of music magazines and music websites and shit. And then from there, yeah, it kind of transitioned into writing and then started doing little weird jobs. And then, yeah, like one day I, I, um, I came up with an idea, which I liked the idea of, which was weird. And um, it was like, you know, because I'd been in a band all this time, it was like... Um, you know, and it was hard to be in a band, hard to make it work. Um, it was like, is is it so hard to be in a band these days that it's harder than, well, let me dial it back for a sec. So in England, we have these things called Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know if you have them in India, but they're like basically people who come and knock your door who are like trying to get you to join their religion. And uh, And it's like most people like tell these people like, even if they're like religious, they're like, go, go away. I don't want, like, I'm eating my dinner. Leave me alone. It's like a hard sell. I imagine it would be like a very hard thing to God. So I sort of always found that funny. And um, I thought, God, is music so hard to sell these days that it's harder to sell than door-to-door religion? Uh, so I did that. I like went, I went into... Um, uh, I, I I kind of tried to like compete with the Jehovah's Witnesses and I, I pretended to join them for a while so I could figure out how successful they were if they visited for example like a hundred doors um, at, like how many people would let them in and uh, yeah I then tr- I kind of figured out that data and from there kind of went out to the same areas and tried to sell the charts at the time in the top 10 and sell it to in the same way so it was like his music harder to sell than religion and uh, i pitched that as an idea to vice um i didn't know anybody there or anything like that i just found an email and like an editor um and uh, the the email format of vice was like first name dot last name at vice.com and i just found this guy who i thought might like it and then um yeah i sent it and i was very lucky he got back in contact so and that was my first thing yeah um so i mean that's you know a very interesting journey for us because in india we have a very conventional journey to go to as in you know you start with your grade 10 i mean you reach to your grade 10 then you do two more years of schooling then you go to college go to uni and Mm. these days without masters nobody even lets you in for a job so i mean yeah. we work to get a job and it's for difficult, somebody isn't it hmm? 
I don't I don't think that that's I mean lots of people do that in in England too uh, but but the like a lot of my brothers and sisters went to university it, I was going to go and study music and it felt like at the time it, to go when I was in a band and we had a record contract it felt a bit weird to go to study music when I was doing music anyway but I know what you mean is it do, would you say people in what is like the most common degree that people go and study in India it's engineering we go into software engineering a lot because our economy although is totally agrarian as an agriculture based but a lot of our people are into service industry so that is why a lot of people do engineering got it and you know it's quite counterintuitive in the sense that a lot of debate right now is going on in the you know people in the upper classes and the business people that a degree isn't that important and yeah. on the other hand more people are enrolling every year in the universities and taking up new exams well i think that people i i think people kind of uh, business people and upper class people or whatever it's in what well, i don't know it feels like they always say that don't they it feels like it's in their interests to stop people going and getting educated but it's like i don't know it's i don't i think that i i i probably sometimes i regret the fact that i didn't go you know what i mean i'm like oh it would have been nice to have gone and so good to have studied but i think it would have been great but uh it just didn't work for me at the time but like if i had children then i would be like totally totally go to university like it, it, it but the problem is is like in the uk they keep on making it more and more and more expensive because they it's I don't know. I don't know what they want. It feels like if people go to university they expect better. <laughs> and they want to be able to treat people like shit. So, I don't know. Or maybe I I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it is interesting that you say that that's also a, a debate in India because it is it is a debate here too. It's something that is brought up from the more the right-hand side of politics where they talk about, "Oh, you don't need a degree anymore." You know. <laughs> I mean, most people do. You need to get educated. Not everyone can just get lucky, like 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 I did, or like or like the fucking business dickhead who's talking and said, "You'll hate it when successful people." I'm not saying I'm successful, but when successful people don't say that, attribute most of their success down to luck, because it is basically luck. It's luck. Like, okay, everyone works. You worked hard. But everyone works hard. Like, what are you saying that the person who just because they're working, the, the, the guy who's going to do waking up in the minute, in the minute, like three or four in the morning, going to work now, he's saying he's not working hard. Like, it's, it's such bullshit. I, I hate the whole idea of people who are successful not saying, yeah, I was fucking lucky. Because that's what works. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> so, Uva, my first question to you is um, how do you come up with such ideas? Like, the Paris Fashion Week, the TripAdvisor thingy, and sending your body doubles to TV interviews. <laughs> What's yeah. behind this mischievous person? I don't know, man. I mean, it's just like, it's different, different ideas come in different, um, arrive in different ways, don't they? Like with the shed, there was loads of stuff. Like I'd worked in, for the fake restaurant thing, I'd worked, I'd worked in restaurants for real for, you know, any when I was younger and behind bars and stuff, and 
and you know in those kind of contexts in those environments TripAdvisor the platform was taken very 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 seriously like if people um if people left a one-star review then the management would say uh, um you know would come in and say you know what happened last night so it was a, it's a, a powerful platform i always found that interesting and then I, I don't know. There's a few things. Like I, I did used to also write fake reviews for restaurants on TripAdvisor and like pretend that I'd been there. This was after that. Pretend that I'd been there and say it was great, but I hadn't been there. So, and, you know, that which made me think, God, this is fascinating. Like this platform, which people in restaurants are taking really seriously, isn't completely legitimate. And like that's something to kind of explore, you know, how much of this platform is fake. Um, so that, but it was that was like a perfect storm. And I worked on another piece about TripAdvisor as well, where I found people who, con who consistently leave one-star reviews for every restaurant that they go to, and um, I, I went, I, I found all these people and tried to convince them to come to dinner with me, and then I took them out and I reviewed them like they were a bad restaurant, and um, while I was doing that, I was kind of spending more time on TripAdvisor trying to find these people and. Um, yeah, it was all the things, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it, and then like the Paris Fashion Week one, the TripAdvisor idea took a long time. It took like seven or eight months or something, you know, just most of a year really. But um, but the Paris Fashion Week one was quick. It was like for like three or four weeks or something. Like it was nothing, like it was like no time. It was, I always found it fascinating with knockoff brands on markets, you know, walking around and there's like, you know, different, Pierre Klein or like Adidas or like Mikey Mike and like I love I love those because people wear them and they are they they're as valid as normal brands but they're just different and uh, that was kind of an instinct I always had but the whole becoming Georgia Pepe I think it all just came together it was like sometimes you just have to just do something instinctually and then you have you're forced to do something like at the time, like I had to write three advice articles a month to pay my rent. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, so it's like, okay, well, it's like forces you to be creative. So like there were some ideas I did that just came like, oh shit, like I need to, what can I do? Like, oh, there's, this is in the news. What can I do about that? You know, so it, there's like that kind of idea. And then there's something like the trip, the shared, the trip advisor thing where it like is like, this big thing that takes all this time and it's like building up and it's like but I didn't know it would be a huge idea when I started it I didn't even realize until uh, yeah it, it, it kind of kind of progressed as it went on and I thought god yeah this is this is different this is a this is good um uh and then the other thing the doubles as you said where I sent different people to play me on tv and, and on radio and things um which I actually sent somebody on an Indian English English language news channel on W-I-O-N on the news channels there. Vion. I sent a lookalike on that. We, Vion, Vion. Yeah, I sent someone on The world is yeah. one. So I sent someone on Vion. Right, okay. So I sent someone on that, which was fun. They took it down. They, oh, it was funny. As soon as the film came out, they took a little bit down and deleted it all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was good. But um, they, uh, yeah, so that one was just like, it would I'd done this big ridiculous thing and I was like I can't st I was like why am I doing this like my my family and my friends were like 
can you not just go and enjoy the press that you're the, the publicity you're getting for this big thing you did like why can't like you you've got the opportunity for the first time you to go on tv and, and i just couldn't there's like this little thing in my head where i was like oh but wouldn't it be funny if i sent a fake person to talk about my fake restaurant oh god and i had to it was like this um this little devil on my shoulder that was telling me to do it. So it, it, all ideas I would say have a different way of, but, but most of it is just having good, inst have good, just going with your instincts and ideas. There are 50, 70, 80, 90 ideas that were dreadful and like, no, we'll never talk about again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's tri trial and error. But you know, it's going to be interesting that a uh, news channel couldn't get the real Uba and here we are with you. <laughs> well, how do you know? Could oh be, my be, God. <laughs> could be another no. guy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it got to a certain point and um, it's really funny. It's like you have to flip it on its head and be like, it's always keeping keeping people guessing. Like you can't, do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like the boy, we have a story called, I don't know if you have it, but it's something similar, I'm sure you do. But like the boy who cried wolf, you know, and then it's like the person who is a, like a parable or, or whatever, an old story about a kid who, who would always shout, oh, wolf, wolf, a shepherd, like a son of a shepherd or something like that. Uh, and he would shout wolf, wolf, and the people from the town would all run up, and he would go, he would be laughing his head off when they got there, and it was it was no wolf, and uh, but you know he did that, kept on doing it over and over again, and the one time that there was a wolf, he shouted, and everyone went ugh, yeah, yeah, we're not coming, and then the wolf ate all of his sheep and him. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is if you just keep on doing the same thing over and over again, then uh, then people will um. And people will begin to see you be think you're pretty predictable. So, you know, and also, yeah, it's fun. It's good fun. It is fun. It is fun. I mean, Uba, I'll I'll tell you one thing. Um, you know, India. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know that, but India was ruled by the British for a long, long time. So yeah. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. We don't know about it. But you know, um, we are still. We in Calcutta, we follow a lot of British things. I mean, um, the culture still exists. You know, my dad is in the Indian Air Force. We had a couple of exercises with the Royal Air Force. And, you know, we when they came back to India, when they came to India, they found the military to be the exact replica of the as they used to see it in their own papers and old photos of their military squadrons, because we still follow that. So this place wow. is like a lot. I mean, we are very, very similar in terms of how the things are run here. We, we follow the exact same system of how it used to be. So, and wow. I've also seen a lot of British memes and they're very similar to Indian memes. <laughs> so, That's funny. It's, that is fascinating. Do you think that the comedy is similar? Very similar. It's very similar. Mm. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's, that's really saying, interesting. Yeah, there's this saying that, you know, my grandmother used to tell me that Calcutta is closer to London than it's closer to Delhi. <laughs> and I, wow, that's... 
fascinating that's that's quite interesting to you know and we do believe that like a lot of friends are there right now in britain and they have you know flown back for their courses and they're mostly happy they're like it's not that bad it's somewhere similar to our hometown they are essentially from calcutta so mm. so uba one thing so in, in, the, in what it's, it's there's just still so many yeah yeah tell me tim no 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 what god carry on so uh, something off the record i wanted to tell you i actually know the founder of vion my dad really? yeah oh shit <laughs> it's funny <funnier. laughs> tell them sorry <laughs> i'll do that <laughs> uh, look it wasn't i did it to everyone i did it to the bbc i did it to it's australia's biggest news channel i did it to um i also did it to i can't remember loads of people god it's been so it's been like a year or two now Yeah, I can't remember. Sorry, but it, it, I, I mean, I did it loads and loads of times, and um, and uh, yeah, it was it was everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was like everybody or nobody. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm a shit housery. <laughs> so, what was the response from you know the industry people like when the videos came out and the people you had met at the mm. fa- Paris Fashion Week? or you know people from the trip advisor itself even i have heard like there was this time i read an article that there was some case going on some court case some legal hearing was there and apparently your the whole this video came up the issue of this video also came up with the whole internet privacy and how user generated reviews are a problem somewhere i read this article i might send you a link if i find that again so what was the response from the industry people from you mean you mean the people within the industry to the to whether it's fashion or whether it's yeah. media or whether yeah okay so yeah as you as you mentioned um the when the shed came out afterwards there was singaporean parliament did use it as a a way to uh, to inform new legislation on fake news if you go on youtube you can see the videos of them discussing the shed in court it's absolutely unbelievable you've got an mp edwin tong in singapore having to with a straight face having to go and as you can see what looks like lovely food is an egg on a foot uh, i mean it's absolutely ludicrous that is like it's so funny to me um but uh, from the industries um yeah it's different so tripadvisor with, with with the piece we, we i gave them um right to res- right to reply you know so like a cl- sort of journalistic or method where you you tell you tell a platform you tell somebody who might who's mentioned within an article who wasn't aware of it you know what 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 you've done or what or you know what and give them the chance to have a comment to say something about it before so that you, you can include it within the thing so within the original written piece we we gave tripadvisor two days and they responded and you know they, they gave a statement I said that this proves proves nothing other than the fact that you know it's somebody somebody's got too much time in their hands which is true but I I think that um it didn't didn't really answer the questions and then they kept on when it got bigger and bigger and bigger the story they kept on adding things to the response and I remember once when they I mean the industry I will say before we go into this actually 
the industry from the people who work in restaurants and people who run places was unbelievable. They were like, this is what we've been saying for years. Like this, 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 um, this website is so powerful and has such an impact on our income and our business. And um, we, we, we've always questioned its legitimacy and um, you know, thank God somebody done that or whatever. But so that was really great. I actually love that as a part of the response from the industry, the cooking industry, but TripAdvisor itself, yeah, they didn't, um, they were happy about it. There was such an adding things to the statement. I remember the New York Times, the Yorker, the New Yorker, the New Yorker did a piece where they, um, they interviewed me and it was all about online reviewing and they interviewed me about it and talked about me within it. A writer called Simon Parkin is great, but, and then, um, they interviewed the TripAdvisor who said that, oh, we already knew about the shed. You know, we, just, we knew about the shed and it was, it's a, it's just bullshit because I, I've got the emails where I tell them about the shed, you know, and um, I, I can prove that. And it was just crazy to see them straight up lying. So they said that it didn't prove anything, but I did also do a TV program on French TV and they not that long ago, and they told me that TripAdvisor has recently it has changed or adjusted their algorithm after this. So I don't know. It, you know, actions speak louder than words, but they're a weird company, man. You know, um, so that that, was that kind of industry response. Fashion, fashion's weird because I didn't really hear. I don't think I heard much from anyone within fashion after it. Heard people very. A lot of people, I think fashion takes itself very seriously. So I don't think they would want to respond to something like this. But I, saying that, excuse me, disgusting. Saying that, um, the, the LA Fashion Film Festival nominated us for an award. So I don't know whether that counts as industry. I don't know. I mean, the fashion industry, I went back to Paris Fashion Week and because uh, we went there twice, because first to do the written piece, and then I went back there five months later to do the to do the video piece. Because the first time we went filming, I filmed some bits on my phone because I never knew it was a written piece. We did it as I said earlier, two or three weeks, bam, 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 and you cook films like that. They just don't happen. Like the, everyone's like, oh, oh, there's like a load of production people. Like wait, 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 we've got to have all this thing. So. Like with the fashion week or with the shed, I was doing that for five months before I even told Vice about it, that it existed. So it's have to do things. So that's why we had to go back and refilm some stuff to Paris. But when I went back, um, people people seemed either like, like I saw these two guys who are in the original piece, these two DJs, these two twin brothers. And I found it funny too. So um, so yeah, I, I, I think it broadly was okay. Um, and then lastly, so the, the media industry, uh, I did, they, that, I think that was probably the most angered kind of response was, was after that I sent the doubles because I had people like Jeremy Vine, who's one of the BBC's highest paid presenters. He kind of, he tweeted about me on Twitter and was like, uh, your hoax is a crap, like all this sort of stuff. <laughs> really angry um, and blocked me on Twitter because it's really funny because I used to be, like growing up used to really like this show that he presents called Eggheads which I did sort of about as well and uh, where I sent where I went on that and 
met him and he was a weird guy. Yeah, he was angry about it. And he said, how like doing this to journalists, you know, whatever. And then CBC, I did through the Canadian Broadcasting Company or corporation. They did brought me on for an interview and were furious. They were like, oh, you know, at a time when journalists are struggling to do their jobs, you do this. And da, da, da. Do you not think it's irresponsible? And I was just like, I think it's actually more, you know, it's more kind of, it's true to the spirit of journalism to promote a scepticism. Um, you should have interviewed the right guy. You know, maybe they should have interviewed the right guy, but I don't know. They were trying to connect me to all of this whole distrust of journalists thing, which I thought was a bit tenuous and ridiculous, to be honest. But um, yeah, that's like, that would be like an, an example. A few examples. Um, You know, the I think uh, CVC is missing a point, which it's, you know, the most important point is that, you know, being an independent journalist versus being with, in being with a news agency i think mm. both of those things are very very different to be honest okay. for an independent journalist getting somebody is very 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 difficult and as a huge news agency if you fail to get someone like someone like you so i think that's ridiculous on their part because they are not doing the research they are doing lazy research i think that is what you're trying to prove with trip advisor um paris fashion week and even news agencies so your point was proven all throughout oh glad i'm glad you think so <laughs> so um my the only thing that came into my mind was um we talk about algorithms a lot these days and mm-hmm. do you think you figured out the algorithm of uh, TripAdvisor and you tried to play that or was it something else? Uh, so you're asking me whether I, whether I thought I figured out the algorithm of TripAdvisor. I mean, I, I think I had an idea and I think a lot of people had an idea, but I don't think that I would, I think that I wouldn't have, like there are specific things about the algorithm that are quite strange with TripAdvisor where it's like, why was I able to get the number one restaurant in the whole of London with only 90, 97 or 90 views, which is crazy. Um, and it just makes you realize that it, that it's kind of a, I felt like the algorithm surely should have kind of, kind of raised red flags. Um, I guess I did things to stop that from happening. Like I, I had it. So the reviews were not all at once and had it, yeah, in that aspect, I kind of figured out how, put it this way, like a lot of different companies have got in contact with me and said, oh, can you get this, rest- this restaurant to number one and not tell everyone it was a complete fake. <laughs> but I was like, that's, miss- that's kind of missing the point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, in that aspect, in, in that aspect of it, I think that um, I would have figured out the TripAdvisor algorithm. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they should get rid of, I think they should ban Facebook until the end of the pandemic. I think we should, I think we should get rid of Facebook. We should be banned from Facebook until the end of the pandemic. You know, people are just, just raging about absolute fucking nonsense and like 
I don't know. I feel like we've gotten to a point now, Elliot, where we're all, I mean, I used to work in like clickbait news. Like I used to have to write like music news about like stupid things and write the clickbait headlines. So people would go, you know, Oh shit. So I kind of learned that side of things. From, I, I, and when the Facebook algorithm changed, then I remember we put that site that I worked for out of business because they changed it all. So you had to then pay to get higher in the feed and stuff like that. And it stopped being completely organic and so yeah I don't know I mean look I think that it's TripAdvisor for me felt like a simple algorithm I mean but it, it I don't I I think that it's a whole skill that you have to just to understand one algorithm it's it's uh it's its own skill but you can do it I mean it's really funny like for example just a little fun experiment if if you want something to do well on your Facebook just say uh half the first line of it being like uh congratulations uh i'd like to introduce you to my son or whatever or my daughter and and just pretend you had a baby and then put something that whatever you want underneath that and it'll go high in the feed because it, it priority it's prioritized by the algorithm if they think you've had a big life news you know so if you or if you so if you want everyone to see something announce a proposal to your partner and then put what you actually want underneath it. So that's like a fun experiment. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I find all of that. Uh, you have to properly try to get into it because what I'm saying might all be complete. I've not had thought, I've not been focused on that, something like that specifically for a little bit. I've been working on other things, but uh, there are, I do believe that uh, the not just digital algorithms there are just certain patterns in which each metric of success we have is built upon and and people who are powerful know how those things work and they manipulate them for their own benefit and generally with money so if you can figure out how how something works and kind of it's like you know it's like stealing from the rich and giving to the poor or whatever because uh yeah, people manipulate things like that constantly. Sorry, I got to my answer at the end eventually. I kind of had to figure out what I was talking about. <clears throat> so, Uber, you know, through the, the like the people that accepted Giorgio Paviani as a brand in the Paris Fashion Week or the Shed as a, you know, tier A restaurant, I believe. So, what does this tell us about human behavior? Like, are we easily gullible or with the exposure of more internet and the whole user-generated reviews? Like, there's mm-hmm. there are reviews that Google does, that Facebook does. You know, you can review a place on 100 different websites. So yeah. What, how does the advent of technology and word-of-mouth marketing, we can say, tell us about the human behavior? What is your take on that? Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're all fairly, uh, we're, we're kind of entered, we've entered a weird time, I think, in kind of human history with this transfer all from uh, digital to, um, sorry, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze, but maybe not. Um, where we're kind of going from, uh, you know, just like from an offline world to an online world. This is fine. Yeah, obviously, we all know that. I feel like we're at a point where it's like, we're still kind of in that kind of, in that kind of tentative ground between the two. And it's like, we want to trust things in the real world as much as we trust things 
in the online world as much as we do trust things in the in the real world um like in the shed for example you know when i when i got i spent six months getting that restaurant to number one and once i did got it to number one in the whole of london on TripAdvisor, uh despite it having never served a dish not existing and, it, and i opened the shed for one night only to real customers who didn't know it was a fake hidden within a fake restaurant i served them on that night you know microwave meals that weren't not the kind of thing you'd, you'd eat in a restaurant um and i served them those and, and people because they it, it was bad food essentially it was like bad food you, you you know you wouldn't eat it's like stomach that you wouldn't pay for normally like bad microwave meal and they ate it and you know because of what they'd read online they tried to book they tried to book another table at the shed um and I felt like at that point was kind of an interesting learning lesson for me because it was like they'd, they'd, they'd trusted more what they'd read online as opposed to what they'd put in their mouths. So I think that's like an interesting precipice. And if you take that, that we're, at, that we're on, and if you take that point, I feel like we, wanna, we want to trust the world, the online world, as much as we do kind of the offline world. And maybe it's even going in the direction where we do trust it more. You know, you start, but you build. At what point do people start building friendships based upon the opinions and the, the, the opinions or aesthetic of people's online presence around them? And I think already, like already, definitely. I mean, I, I, and I, I just don't know. I just feel like we're it's a, we're in such a volatile time that it's really hard to guess what how people are behaving. Like you got people who are being empowered to sort of leave the house with violent intentions because of what something they've a meme that they read online like what the fuck where are we like i'm not an expert at all but i just i don't know i don't know if that's consumer behavior but i feel like the internet has kind of turned everything into consumer behavior fucking like everything is like a marketed choice to us so uh, but but equally, you know, I, I think the thing is with the Peviani thing or the thing is with the shed thing, I feel like I 100% could have eaten at the shed and done that. I'm not saying that I'm better than that. I, I think I'm 100% just one of the people who, who could have who could have done that. So, um, or in Paris Fashion Week, I, don't, I mean, I would do goes to fashion things. I don't dress well. I don't spend money on clothes but that are expensive. But... You know, I could, who fuck knows? I mean, I'm sure there are environments that would be equivalent that I would, if someone walked in the room with a, a level of confidence and said they were a desire, you know, maybe I would accept it. I'm sure, I'm sure I would. I mean, I, I don't know. So I, there's like two different points. I feel like, yeah, hopefully things will, I'm an optimist and hopefully things will, when, you know hopefully this is just growing pains because society has to function it always has and um i don't think it can function as volatile as it ha as it is at the moment i can't see that happening but there is something called the confirmation bias that uh, that is what is happening over here you know we all we know a certain piece of information and we always look for other information to confirm that confirm that particular information so yeah that is what we do yeah. all the time. We we believe something, and thereafter look for information so that we can put it on top of that and strengthen our belief. But it's sometimes it's fatal, and it happens uh, mostly during 
um situations where you think that you know what you think is the best yeah that is the most imp- important lesson that we take out from here and from your videos that you know everybody is gullible and we are we are kind of being kind of being tricked psychologically i must say yeah i i i i think that's a good point i think confirmation bias 100% comes into it i saw a and in like as a journalist friend of mine called Vincent um Evans and he tweeted something the other day which there we go on social media already but he tweeted something the other day my confirmation bias that I thought it was very I thought it was a really great point and he said that something like I wish the tech companies had spent the last 10 years developing technology instead of programs to to literally the function of these programs is just to be as addictive as possible that that's the there is no grander that that's what they've perfected he said you know every part of the online experience has got worse over the past 10 years i just thought wow like he put it so to strong it's like a strong opinion but I, i do kind of agree with him in a way like um i thought it was a really great point that he made just the function of these companies and their ambition over the past decade has been let's make something as addictive as possible and now they've got a whole a whole like kind of planet essentially or a lot of the planet say let's say two-thirds of the planet are on social media or whatever they've got um, the, and a lot of those people are hooked on these platforms and no part of these platforms was there any sort of responsibility as to what as to what kind of what people should take from it or anything it, it was more just getting them hooked and it's like oh holy shit <laughs> maybe we should have maybe we should have focused on something else um there you go i mean that's again service economy as you were saying and you know the more interesting part of it is these tech companies do promote themselves as they're trying to bring along people and bridge that's the only service they're trying to do right yeah but they are already serving the consumers as the product we are the product we are not the service we yeah good point we are the product and that's that's quite an interesting model i believe it is yeah you that is such a good way of putting it we are the product and it is yeah i mean i mean and it, us and another aspect as well is our you know our data um It, you know like the amount of things like data mining now and and, and um it's just so valuable isn't it isn't it data more i can't remember there was a quote recently about the value of data and exponentially high it is but that's what they truly want uber is it that easy to create brands or i mean you was you're talking about luck earlier but i don't think creating brands is you you need some kind of luck for that i think it's uh, a lot of hard work i think you worked really hard for that to create your own brand but is it that easy to create brands i mean i think that the thing is is that i don't i think that i've been I've thought about this a little bit and i think that I, look, i can create and make a, i mean any of us can let's be clear about that create and make a website for a brand in um a, a website and a brand and an idea in in a day you know we can think of it now 
well, let's make a mask company with, uh, I don't fucking know. What could a mask company do? Something ridiculous, just something that people are going to talk about on the internet. But if you're, if basically what I'm trying to say is if it's easy to create a brand, I feel if you are, if you aren't genuinely invested in the outcome of what, of that brand, you know, I, I, I felt like I could create a restaurant because I was awful. At, I'd never ran a restaurant and had no emotional attachment. And I just was making something silly. You know, there's a level of removal. It's like, oh, what, what could it do? Okay, so the food is, they don't serve me all those sort of moods. Um, you know, the shed is an appointment only restaurant. Like these aren't business decisions. They're decisions made because they sound funny and because they're, they're just, because they sound interesting to me. That, that's, that, they're not decisions made on a business you know so i feel oh like giorgio peviani he the, the real giorgio peviani adam asmal um who'd been uh, in the 90s and came up with Gianni and um, lived in chapel and has been living off peviani ever since selling it in small com in communities around london he he's a better businessman than i am but of course he is 100 I, I so bullshit like but he, he, he has to make products, he has to sell the clothes, he has to do it. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just creating the illusion of something that would be interesting to people. So it depends what you mean by building a brand. If you mean by a brand, if you're talking about an idea to get people interested, I think it kind of is, yeah. I mean, there are fundamentals to, if like, I, my thing that I always come back to is like, can you, I mean, this is just like easy. There's nothing complicated or amazing about what I'm saying here, but it's like, it, it, it sum up your idea in a, in a sentence. Say it, it like in one sentence, not so you don't have to keep on explaining it. Don't, don't keep on going. Sum up your idea in a sentence. Okay, say that sentence to somebody, explain that to somebody who, who doesn't care about what you do and doesn't mind, who has got no vested interest. So that, not your mother, not your family, you know, someone who is just, who is an acquaintance. If, are they interested by it? Do they want to talk about that thing? Do they find it compelling? I have it now with new ideas where I'll say an idea and if I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, well, and then I have to kind of explain it. And I was like, oh, that's probably not good enough then. <laughs> People don't get it immediately. And it's like, yeah, so that all the good idea when you mention it in a pub, you, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, wait there, what's that? Like, what are you talking about there? So that, so that's not, that to me is like building a, a compelling idea. I think that that I think can be easy. It's sometimes really hard, but can be easy. But brands is, it depends what you mean, because you're talking about building a brand or building a business, because it's, I feel like they're two different things. And it's like, you can build bullshit in seconds. We all bullshit constantly, but you're building like a company that can last 30 years in London as an immigrant. Like that's, that's, way more difficult than you know just making a website on squarespace and dancing around paris for a weekend but actually what you talk about is very right malcolm gladwell talks, talks about it in his book called uh, the tipping point where he talks about the stickiness factor so that is exactly i think what you're talking about i don't i don't know michael what what is that then so i know malcolm gladwell but i've never read any of his work uh, blink, uh, blink, and the tipping point. So, in tipping point, right. he talks about the stickiness factor. I think that is exactly what you're talking about here. That you know, if I explain it to somebody in one sentence and it sticks, 
So I think then is when it works. And got it. What you are talking about as a business, as a constant business, we cannot bullshit. Yes, but to get people talking about something is also a tedious, tedious task. It's not easy. Yeah, that's a good point. And what you have done here is you have also educated a lot of people. in by telling them that you know this is just a basic algorithm that was tricked by me and you know what is i mean it's a very good thing that we can connect with you not in terms of this podcast but as your audience we can connect with you because you are one of us to be honest so which is amazing as we can totally understand that somebody from us has gone there and done this so that connect you have with us so now you are kind of like Edward Snowden for us because you totally <laughs> berated their algorithm into pieces and you told us, "Dude, you're being tricked." Well, that's a, a a massive compliment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I would hate the idea of ever um, creating an idea that made no sense to the average person. It's always something that is thought about. Um, you know i understand that uh, that growing up in a rich country and growing up um as to be honest as a white dude there's a massive amount of privilege um but i didn't grow up i grew up working class but i but still regardless you know i do have a massive privilege so so i always try to make sure your ideas make sense to bro- a broad spectrum of people um and like because what if you're not doing it it if you know if all of a sudden you you do something within a storytelling that not everyone could do it does i don't think that it works like i'm working on a i've been working on a tv show for a bit and within it there's loads of rules that we set me me and the director that i have to go by so that it doesn't feel un unattainable for whoever's watching so you know if i if we ever felt like i was abusing my position you know we would not do that and for example this is another way of looking at it the the shed piece or the peviani piece so those between those two pieces sort of a 180 million views or something crazy um but then across all platforms but then the the lookalikes film about i think about 15 20 million hits across all of its platforms and i think that that was because it wasn't as relatable too because who else can send someone on tv you know it's like it is not a relatable starting position i wanted to do it but but it was a different type of film so i mean that's still successful i'm not going to say it's not of course it is but not as successful as the others and i think that there is there's an element of unrelatability about the look like film that um that 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 maybe that that maybe would be why an average person who didn't know who couldn't pick it up in the same way immediately do you know what i mean anyway sorry i'm kind of waffling now so over do you think that you know this the you are considered you, the internet calls you a prankster but let alone that do you think this way of journalism or the whole concept of it can actually help and be a remedy for the current state of journalism that's going on like there is some serious journalism amazing journalism going on around the world but at the very same time we have not uh, since the coronavirus happened there is a lockdown but there is a lockdown going in the journalism sector for a very long time yeah so, do you think that you know this would some way help 
and be a lesson for people yeah i i mean it's difficult isn't it because i think that the all, all different sort of types of journalism have a value i would say that um it's difficult because what what is ultimately if you're trying say for example uh recently i've been sitting in on these zoom meetings with a syndicate of journalists in somalia who are con- every day you know it's one of the most dangerous places in the world to be a journalist because they are the government just unlawfully prison people and whatever like in prisons be like fuck you or like you know you're in russia or you know just 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 examples so there are different types that is a valuable story like but it would be difficult to do something um like the kind of things that i did that would bring attention to that it's a different type of thing but it, for the value of the story that will be written and that has been written about that it was huge the one thing that i feel like the, the style of journalism that i or I, I don't even know if i would call it journal i don't know what it is but it's uh, it, whatever it is you know the style of storytelling or things that I do um, is um, it, it does get eyes. It gets the people's attention. And I feel like issues like the value of kind of, so long as you're honest, as long as the, the, all right. So what I do is like using dishonesty to expose greater dishonesty, if you know what I mean. So I tell a lie and the idea is that it, it will expose a bigger lie, like, or it's, or is it worth it? And I think that's why some, there's different people have, different issues with it but um it does get eyes so the you know now that it's so so TripAdvisor had to change their algorithm and whatever and and uh, it, it so it's like there is there's a value to it but it's it's different um it, humor is disarming and it like gets people to look at things in a different way so there's a way that there is a use for it, but I, I don't want to be as delusional as to think that I, things that I do are, are more important than like the work that, uh, that, 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 journal, that journalists do, you know, reporting day to day on the illegitimacy of, of like, as you see, you referenced Edward Snowden as a whistleblower, but whistleblowers all around the world, you know, like the, um, the problem with the uh, the concentration camps in China, for example, with the Uyghur Muslims, like like are we are we going to say that my work's more? But do you know what I mean? It just to me, I just can't stack it up. Like the idea, like there's a massive value a value um, to to having eyes on something, and I feel like there's a next step of like personally for me for my next step is like how do I it's like what how do you go even broader with the issues you talk about without losing people's interest and that's what there's something to consider but um i don't know if i've answered your question well enough no Um, i mean you totally answered that very well enough that is absolutely there what i want to talk about to you right now is you know once you go viral you go viral okay once you you go viral once you go viral twice you go viral thrice now there's a there's going to be a fourth time there's going to be a fifth time so don't you have this something in your back back of your mind that says oh my god if i don't do don't do as well this time so i mean how how are you handling that fear of failure i sure. i might call it yeah i mean it's a, i mean i will say that there's a fourth film that came out last year that 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 sort of a, a, a film where i broke laws in front of police 
uh, in Britain and that which sort of has got sort of 50 odd, 60 million hits or whatever. So it'd be number five that we're talking about now. But uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, look, I think that you can drive yourself insane by trying to pop what you do. I feel like for any kind of if you have, if you are lucky enough to have any sort of success, you could. It is a valuable lesson. I feel like to feel like like the things that you've done don't discredit you or don't count against you. You're trying to build upon those things, so it's like you shouldn't be thinking about how to top something. But it does. But I will say, even though it is vol- is violently unpredictable, the internet and what people are going to like you do get a feeling when something is going to be something is a good idea. You get a feeling and you kind of, you begin to know what that feels like and how, and how to tap into that idea. I don't know, man. I, in terms of not, I think you can drive yourself crazy about things like how often you're, you know, I've not put anything out this year, like anything. Um, I, I, last year I put a book out, How to Bullshit Your Eggs Number One, which became a number one bestseller in America. Um, and, and that was cool, but that's not an internet thing. That's like a, uh, a book. It's a different type of project. So it's like the internet is addictive. And when you don't have that hit of, of, of having your face everywhere for a while, yeah, of course it's going to be like, fuck, I want that. I'm chasing it like, like a drug addict. You're like, I'm ch- Jones and for that that viral hit, man. But uh, yeah, I, I think that a day to day, I would have a different mood about it. I'm feeling good at the moment because I've got something I, that I'm working on, which I think's very good. Uh, a couple few things, but then, you know, on a different day, if I see, if I see something and that, that can make me think, shit, I need to do something soon, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a complicated thing. It, it, I wouldn't say there's a, a pressure to be honest i just think i want to make the most of you know i i didn't expect any of this and i didn't might neither did my parents or anyone around me so i'm kind of just really grateful that i've had the success i've had so far and it's like yeah cool i'll get i'll get a few years to do some more things and hopefully people like them as well uba can you talk about lazy research to us and what it does to the internet Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, if you are a gamer, I think you cool. understand uh, what exactly lazy research means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that um, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, didn't we? About algorithms and and what people are rewarded for and the instantaneous nature of our lives now. And like, uh, I feel like we, I feel like you know, we're all in it. We all kind of want to be lazy, don't we? like you know it's like electricity we go to the shortest the shortest route possible and um it like the information online i mean oh, jesus fucking christ i mean like if we look at something like like the pandemic like how many how many are you in like group whatsapps and shit like that where you where you like with your parents and things the amount of like bogus conspiracy theories that constantly <laughs> oh happening about I, I can tell you something that we talked about how similar we are similar we are as in terms of india and the uk this yeah. is something that goes on in india every day every day <laughs> we call it the whatsapp what? university 
really <laughs> the, the whatsapp university where our uncles and aunties graduate from every day they tell us to you know do some bullshit and coronavirus is gone you know, that's so funny drink that's cinnamon so tea and like, you're okay drink cinnamon tea yeah, and yeah. coronavirus is gone yeah get in the, get in the sunlight for an hour a day and you, you won't ever get coronavirus it's like sure vitamin d is good but Didn't you think that they're trying this? They're like best epidemiologists in the world. Like, do you know what I mean, mom? Um, but no, like, so, so for example, if we talk about like that, like, how many, how many people? Uh, I mean, I know on a more serious people who've got who've got mental health health issues who, after what Trump said about bleach, ingested watered down bleach, and you know, this is a combination of. of a irresponsible man and somebody who's got mental health issues and in the like bizarre logic of yeah i mean it does disinfect things but equally yeah it's going to really hurt you and there are there are examples of people around the world who 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 died because they had after trump said he he feels like they should ingest bleach they fucking ingest bleach so there's an a, an absolute example of just like what the fuck are we doing like i mean if there's if somebody is going to literally ingest bleach because of something they've seen online like where are we like where really where are we like and that's like you i kind of feel sorry for older people like people talk about young people getting radicalized on the internet talk to your fucking grandparents like they they are like they're like fucking like steve bannon like little bastards like on their like it's just like everyone is having to deal with this same journey at the same time of 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 how they process information um and uh, and I'm guilt and you know I'm not saying that I'm completely that I'm completely exempt from that you bullshit I sure I read every day and don't 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 second guess but I think that we just have to develop, have to go in the direction I feel like we will in a more of a direction of healthy skepticism but generally as like a point no one believe any messages they've been forwarded on whatsapp like just don't believe any of it just don't, no no none of it like and take that same take that same approach and and fucking yeah do you research on anything that you read online that sounds a bit fishy but yeah just, i love the whatsapp university thing <laughs> so, mean the update that whatsapp rolled out that you can't you know they limited the number of forwards we can do to a message that was essentially because of a lot of pressure from the indian government because wow. single person like i just i and we need for example might be or i'm sure will be added into more than three or four family groups and they are bombarded with messages every day right from you know things remedies for coronavirus to random economic figures to yeah. weird facts like every third week a weird fact from nasa has declared something about india comes up and nasa didn't <laughs> so that is the most interesting part of it yeah. you know I, i'll tell you something there is there is the, these days what happens is um someone starts a, starts a in, starts an instagram page with the with any famous brand let's say zara nike adidas and then he, then adidas for youth or adidas for teens or something like that and then they say that they need about 15 to 20 uh 
uh, sorry they will select 100 teens to run a social media campaign for them so that they can generate more sales and the most intelligent people from my university because they get good marks so they are intelligent and they are the ones who are sharing this and they are like okay i'll be you know one of the uh, brand ambassadors of adidas and nike and shit like that and <laughs> it's funny it's oh, really funny. nobody is above bullshit nobody is above bullshit it gets us all at some point guys it's just like when's it going to catch up with you i mean I, yeah i i that doesn't surprise me um yeah i mean it's it's we living in the golden age of bullshit aren't we you know you can create a you can create a, as we talked about a brand in seven fucking maybe about 80 minutes or something it's ludicrous um and that you know that used to be it was like it used to be enough i could yeah i mean i still can't believe how little they verify and things like that with like uh even with TripAdvisor or with, with, with Instagram, with fucking how little, how little verification there is. I mean, whatever. Instagram, whatever. Indian Instagram and WhatsApp is the most interesting place. Like there are random campaigns today. I can start a campaign and mm. all I need to do is write a post that for every single share story share that you do of this post, I'll feed a dog or some big brand would pay me $1 for every share. and you know the most intellectual people would put put it up on their stories with a random quote either from shakespeare or from george bernard shaw and they have done their social they are socially woke they have done their bit yeah it's so bullshit i mean that even just like the example of like the black squares and whatever black lives matter, i mean that was that was ludicrous and like um no you're 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 totally right like uh, yeah i don't know i mean it's like everyone laughing at like you know like fishing scams and stuff like that but like we're all being fished constantly like constantly we just don't it just most of fishing that we don't get that we we bread and even our junk box you know on our email it arrives like via our parents on whatsapp or or via a fucking stupid instagram post uh, yeah i don't know man it, oh. it's, it's, so uh, i mean i wanted to talk about wasting now i'm glad that you told me about that uh, yeah wanted to talk I got, about i got wise. about 5 more minutes okay yeah yeah absolutely um cool just wanted to say that wise we started watching wise from the time they released the north korea videos i think one of the first videos that they ever released and then straight yeah, up we were introduced good. to you and which was which was great i mean thanks a lot thanks a lot for coming and you know it's it's a dream because you're somebody we were before even this podcast we had we had an idea to start this podcast we we, we knew about you and it's great to talk to you i mean it's uh, it's kind of a dream no, come true likewise man <laughs> no likewise thank you for uh, thank you for asking me i like it and It still won't yeah. ever wear off for of me that there's you know that there's a students in uh Calcutta who are fucking into the, what I do it's really cool i'm i'm so privileged thanks lord uma and you know from i'd also like to say that the 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 way that english guys banter with each other <laughs> it's similar 
absolutely similar to how we do it here. Well, that's it then. That's why you like Vice then. Similar, we, similar, uh, similar, similar comedy, man. Absolutely. We're, I'd love to come to India. I've never been to India. I've been to Bangladesh once, which is just, it's just not that close, but you know, close. From close Calcutta, it's very so, close. It's we're about, it? yeah, 25, I think about 200 kilometers from the Bangladesh border. Oh, really? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. West Bengal. Well, so, I, Calcutta is in West Bengal and that was East Bengal and that became a different country and it is Bangladesh now. It's very nearby. It. I have my ancestry so from Bangladesh. British obviously used to... Really? Oh, no. so you like a Bengali... Is it Bengali ancestry then? Somewhat. Like my parents' forefathers were, you know, in judicial magistrates in the Bangladesh. I'm not a Bengali, but yeah. Wow. I've been to the Dhaka magistrates. I've been all around that. I was making a fit. We shot a little bit of the TV shows. We shot there for like three or four days in Bangladesh. It was, wow. uh, it was, it was fascinating. It was so busy. Dhaka is, Dhaka is fucking like extremely busy. I heard it was like the most densely populated yeah. city in the world. It is. it is. It is. That was, that was unbelievable. I, it, it's like, I wish that I, because I was filming and I've never, I'd never been to, I'd never been to South Asia at all before. So it was like, a, I wish that I'd, I wish that I could go back now and, and go to like all of the like, bars and things like that, all that sort of stuff. And, but I was like working. So it was like, it was more, um, it was more like that kind of trip. But, um, oh man, it was like, there was some cool stuff going on. But yeah, there was, I went to, I went to the magistrates in Dhaka. It was fascinating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Feels like there's a lot of uh, feels like there's a lot of stories to be told in India. So, there are, there are. I mean, we can't get can't, we can't get enough of this conversation. But you have other things to do, so it's great that we even got this one hour of time. Of no, no, look, I, I, I appreciate it. I got... <laughs> okay. Oh, just... man, I mean, look, it's been my pleasure. I've had loads of fun doing it, and um, yeah, stay in touch. Absolutely, we will totally email you, and I just. Um, if you can tell me, tell our listeners your uh, social media handles so that they can follow you. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me if, if you like the sound of what I do on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is at Ubers. So my name with S on the end, so it's O-O-B-A-H-S. And um, that's my handle. And then I, it's the same on Twitter. If you do Twitter, if you're into the vicious cesspit that is Twitter. And... Uh, and then it's just on Facebook, it's just like Uber Butler, O-O-B-A-H, Butler as in Jeeves the Butler. Um, yeah, and I don't, I'm still refusing to get a YouTube channel, so I ain't got one. <laughs> <laughs> Soon. But you can find all my videos on, on Vice's, either Vice's YouTube or Vice's um, Facebook or Vice's fucking whatever. Instagram, you get the gut versions of it on Snapchat, whatever. I mean, thanks a lot, Uber. We end the recording here. So yeah, I mean, this is off the record. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming. And <laughs> thank you, your honor. You know, we even till date, we use your honor, sir, and eyes and nose in our parliament. So it's very, very English till date. We haven't changed it since it was made. <laughs> really? <laughs> Delhi is same as the English left it. And they left it for us. They never used it, to be honest. Wow. We didn't. Isn't there a saying which was like when the British left Delhi, there's a, you could see the fires 
running from you could because of all of the files they were burning or something like that. What's there that was a saying? partition involved, they're... and there was a huge as history behind it. It's very very ugly, and we don't talk about it usually. Mm. So it's kind of like you know what what happened with uh, I think Northern Ireland and England. Oh God, right, of, yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. It's I I I've, I've literally never heard about that. So is, what, is no. it similar to when we left? Like what happened in Northern Ireland, like the Troubles. Yeah, yeah. It's even worse. About a million, I think about not million. About I think ten million people were displaced from their homes, and one million were killed in the process, or something like that. It's it's a very ugly chapter in our history. So <laughs> we don't talk it's about it. Really. Anyway, that's a very right. sad note to end on. The happiest part, the happier part here is that we got to interview you, and we're very happy about um, that. No. Well, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you taking the time to 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 do it as well. Like, you, you, um, it's like a it seems like a really cool show, and uh, I'm looking forward to to hearing it. And uh, yeah, the questions were great. So yeah, thank, thank you, you, thank you, Uber. Is it me? Thank you, mm-hmm. Shivam. <laughs> You're the man. <laughs> Namaste, mate. <laughs> so that was Uba Butler for you. and i i hope we learned a thing or two about you know how how to rig trip advisor or lakme fashion week or you know it's it's very interesting to have such figures i would say so i have i don't think that i'll get a place at lakme fashion week given how my fashion sense is that i've been mocked time and again and by people who who are actually very close friends and i'm not talking about in a very bullish way that they have tried to you know bully me or something like that but yeah not the best guy to talk about fashion there but yeah man i i giorgio piviani would be i would love to get sponsored by giorgio piviani someday so definitely you know also come you know now that we are done with the episode would love to say that you know i would we'll be coming with more episodes really soon and we'll try to post it every week publish it every every single week out there trying to get suggestions there the logistics cost honestly given how our opportunity cost of how we're trying to manage things is a little bit messed up right now so trying to bring that in place but we have few interesting episodes lined up over the next coming you know over the coming weeks so looking forward to your responses your suggestions please do follow us on whichever platform you're listening to you know gives us helps the algorithm to you know push our episodes to other listeners as well and do follow us on instagram we are at the rate of only wicked we know the name is very very peculiar and that is why we chose it so you know and thank you so much for sticking by if you're still listening to us since our very first episode yeah i do feel that we we have grown a lot but there's a lot more and also that you know not sticking to a particular theme we would love to you know get your opinions on what are the questions would you have asked had you been in our place so that's that also if you're wondering that how to start a podcast we we have made a small I wouldn't say toolkit because it's too controversial a word nowadays but we have a small document prepared so if you just shoot us a dm to either either of us me or vinit and you know we'll we'll get back to you with the document as well and if you can please share this episode across 
so you know see you on the other side of change till then stay wicked stay curious Thank you.